Corporate Unplugged opens the door to a world of people transforming business. They share their dreams, their experiences, and what they would never give up. I am so glad to have Eva Gernand here. Eva is a well-known artist and entrepreneur, and the woman behind the very much loved porcelain brand by Muti. Welcome, Eva. Thank you. Nice to be here. I wanted to kick off actually by asking the question that probably many people ask you, the story behind the company name by Muti. Well, that's a really sweet story, actually, because my grandmother came from Germany. And uh, so she was called, of course, Mutti, because that's the name for mother in German. So my father grew up calling her Mutti. And when we were small, we adopted Mutti because that's what she was called. And then it went further to next generation because my father called my, my mother Mutti and we called our mother Mutti. And then my kids started to call me Mutti. So it's like third generation, a nickname, a sweet name. And uh, I really love to have it as my company name because I can feel that I have like my mother and my grandmother and all the love surrounding Mutti behind my back. So I'm happy with that name. And where does your deep interest in the sea, in ships and these heavily tattooed seamen come from? We always had boats in my family. My father loved boats and he loved the sea and he loved fishing. So early on we were introduced to these kind of people and, and went out fishing with them and so on. And later when I grew up, we found my parents moved to southern Sweden and Southern Sweden has a fantastic tradition of seafarers and trades all over the world. And um, we had a little house in a small, small village. And when we came, all the inhabitants in this village were old seamen. And um, it was so fascinating to realize that these men had been around the world like three, four times and been everywhere, had lots of adventures. And um, all this, it was like fairy tales, but they were true. And the more I understood how fantastic it was, the more I fell in love with the whole story and their lifestyle, and also the values that they had developed in this lifestyle. So it came from there. What was it that fascinated you the most around these uh, seamen? They were so much men. They were free and they had lots of humor. They were strong. They were bold. They were not afraid of anything. And they were so funny. I think they were sweet and nice, but at the same time not sweet and nice. While living there, I had such a passion for the sea and not only looking at the sea, also being on the sea. So I had a friend who had a fishing boat and he lacked a seaman and um, he asked if I could fish, come, come and fish with them. And so I did for one year working at a fishing boat. And that was the key, the true key to these men, the seamen's hearts, because they really let me in and I became one of them. And it was such an honor for me 
I was at that point the only one in the village that were out at the sea every day. And they were waiting for me when I came home in the afternoons, asking about everything, about, you know, winds, how much fish we got, you know, seamen talk. And I was a part of this. And they allowed me to come and sit with them and have whiskey with them. And at that point, I got, you know, all the stories, the real true stories of what they had experienced about, you know, adventures and love. And, and um, many stories were also, you know, losses because many of these men, afterwards, one can count a 30 percentage loss of men during these journeys. So lots of sad stories also. And these men were the last generation of fishermen in Sweden. And um, so they were rather old. And when within 10 years, they all died. And after that came a great void. And uh, I was at that point also working as a ceramist. And um, I started just to save the stories. I started to paint the stories like documentary paintings, the stories that belongs to these villages around here. And after that came in a natural way, the porcelain, the collection with the tattoos. And all these tattoos that I have collected and um, transformed as very classical patterns on plates belongs to a very special tattoo tradition, the Scandinavian tattoo tradition. It's not exactly like the American tattoo tradition, but it belongs to the old school patterns. And these old school patterns were born on the big journeys, 16, 1700 to China. And uh, the main cargo during those years were among, other, among tea, uh, the porcelain. So the porcelain I made is still made in Canton as the porcelain from those times. So that is and, the story. And what is the typical kind of uh, tattoo? Uh, is it a text or is it symbols or was it all kinds of... Uh... Well, it started for the seamen because they were traveling through Asian waters with other religions. So the first symbols were signs to show that if you drowned or died, you were supposed to be buried in ground. And uh, so that was the, the anchor, the cross and the heart. So mm -hmm. that is one of the most ancient tattoos. And um, the tattoos became for the seamen signs for how much or what seas you have traveled or what distances you have traveled, which harbors you have been to. So you could not just decorate yourself with birds and ships and so on. It had, you had to earn every tattoo. So today it's a new um, idea about tattoos. People create their own memories and their own symbols, and, but it's basically the same thing. You have to, in one way or another, earn a tattoo. What's your passion and what are your dreams? I'm passionate about what I personally find genuine and in a sense for me true. I like to think that the cultural expression worldwide since the Stone Age on is like an international language since we can find very big similarities in patterns and forms 
from ancient times on. And um, I would say that my dream would be to be able to find that uh, core in me, to recreate that quality of what I find true and um, anchored. Wow. What turning points in your life have influenced you the most? Well, first I think that everything goes back to your childhood. And um, my father, he grew up in northern Sweden among the Sami people. And later he became a businessman and also a diplomat. And we spent some years in the States. And he had an office in Manhattan. But when he wanted to have a recreation or holiday, we didn't go to Florida or to beaches like other families. We went down to the Cherokee Indians in the Smoky Mountains where my father fished and hunt with the chief. And we stayed in the village and um, had so much fun. And uh, I think that this lay a solid ground of awareness for me as a young child, because I understood that there was an unjust balance in the world between those who cherished the nature and those who took advantage of the nature. And uh, I somewhat must have sensed that this way of living in the nature, by the nature, was the key to something very adventurous and inspiring, the life I really wanted to live, in a way. Another turning point um, was with my friend Andy. She was the girl I played the most with when we lived in um, the States. She came from a Jewish family and they lived in a small, small apartment above our garage. And uh, we had so much fun. One day I took her with me down to my friends some blocks down. They lived in a very elegant house and they had a trampoline. And we were, I was invited to jump on the trampoline. And at that point it was like my biggest dream to jump on a trampoline. And um, when I came with Andy, they told me that I was invited to jump, but not Andy since she was Probably since she was Jewish, she was not invited in at all. And um, even though I so much wanted to jump on the trampoline, I turned around and went home with Andy because I loved Andy more than the trampoline. And that was also a, a turning point for me to stay true to yourself and what you deep down like the most or cherish the most, not go with the crowd. So I remember it as a turning point. Yeah, I understand that. If we move into, uh, you know, the world of business and now you're you're an artist and an entrepreneur and so on. So what, what are your reflections on, you know, long-term solutions for business? What long-term formula do you believe in? Long-term solutions or rather paths, as I see it, is from my point of view, inspiration and awareness. And when I say awareness and inspiration, I mean it in its true sense, because I think that we are a part of an universal ecosystem. And I think that tapping into this simple and fundamental truth 
is the basis for finding solutions. Assume that all doors are open and you have all resources available. What would you then innovate or change? Well, I believe so much in the intelligence of the senses. So why not letting the nature into the towns and create beauty and a wonderful environment? I think that would be the best way to peace, environmental awareness and a life that makes sense because that would be something based on on more intelligent solutions because you have created an environment where you clearly see that you are part of ecosystems. If you were to give advice to yourself 15 years ago, what would it be? 15 years ago, I would give myself the advice of trusting myself more and my own abilities and my own ideas and my own resources. But do you think that's a a very common uh, problem for a lot of people today, that everybody's thinking that they're not good enough or... Absolutely. I'm uh, convinced about that because so much in our society is based on fear and creating a feeling in people that they are not good enough or they lack something, they have to buy something or do something or vote something or, you know. So I think it's a kind of a cultural basis in our society to create this feeling of not being good enough. Yeah, and just... um... My experience is at least that as as long as you're aware of it, at least, it helps a lot. Uh, Even if we will be always bombarded with these kind of signals from the outer world. But as long as we are kind of aware of that. Absolutely. uh, And I think think that is a a way out, a slow, maybe a slow way, but still a way out. And uh, it is also such a joy to realize that you there is a way out and that you can really find inspiration in your own mind and in your own thoughts. And I'm so happy to see young companies in in the younger generations, what they create and how they go about it and how they create an organization. And I I see my son's company. He created a company called Ticktail. And uh, very much their organization is based on these values that you know, based on inspiration, everybody's capacity to um, contribute and creating a spirit in the company that in itself inspires the whole group. And they have time to have fun. They have time to socialize. They They give themselves time to live life while working a lot. And I think that is the best way to take advantage of one's own capacity because just work, work, work uh, leaves a little little room for being creative and, and inspired. What do you think is the most important thing for companies to focus on right now? I think it the answer could be very simple to create a happy environment for people to be in, to make people proud of themselves, to make people proud of participating, to make people proud of being a part in a greater sense, in a greater environment. And um, because I think that uh, happiness and joy maybe is the greatest resource for inspiration and, for instance, making the best decisions. And um, also a happiness in doing right. Doing right is doing good.
And if we lift ourselves even higher up and think about the world as such, or at least our planet, what do you think that the world needs most at this time? What the world needs most at this time is inspiration, in its true sense, inspiration, fueling the more soulful part of the existence, because when you do that, you can see the whole picture in another way. And maybe you can also see easier what one really needs and maybe do not need at all, and what is the core value of living at this planet in this time. So what do you think? Why are we here? We are here, in my opinion, to create love and uh, create more love because everything is based on love. The whole universe is based on love. I think we go through stages. And uh, this stage we are in now is a way to develop our senses. I think that uh, humanity will, has to, and there will soon be no other choice to take this path of um, love and, and love, true love in what you think and what you do. That is the, the idea of life and, and why we are here. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Eva. It has been wonderful and very inspiring to talk to you. It was so nice talking to you too, Vesna. I really needed to reflect on these questions, so it's been fun. To find out more about Eva and uh, Baimuti, you can head to baimuti.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, live with purpose and remember to unplug. Ciao.